on this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if DMZ is DOA or AOK. If it's better to jugger or juggernaut, there is no try. And if Ryan and Mike can get more fucked up on this show than Cassie and Caitlin can at Caitlin's bachelorette party, all of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast in podcasting history that covers every live-action TV show based on a comic book and any of the cartoons based on comic books we feel like it. I'm your host of the evening, Mike, because two of our compadres are out having a raging old time in very rainy Idaho. With me, as always, is Ryan. So they went on a bachelor at party mm-hmm. to idaho gotta so, do a potato tour somewhere so they the hoe if you know what i mean do you think that's why they went i, I think they went all to, my hoes uh, in idaho i think they went to exchange sex for money yes <laughs> with potato farmers with potato farmers now like uh it's just the two of us that's weird so i have a special present for you um <gasps> you brought somebody i did there's we have a third and it's whatever celebrity guest you want it's gonna be me you and them so who do you want it to be? Tom Hanks, off the top of my head. I didn't even think that's what I would say. Dead Eyes did it. Now I want to do it. Wow, Tom Hanks. Wow, this is great to be here. Is there anybody else you want on here? Uh, Tom Arnold. Uh, Tom, Tom Arnold. It's so great to be here. This, Kevin uh, Arnold. You don't have to only do... When I saw Mike in that moment, I knew that I would remember this podcast for the rest of my life. Doogie Hauser's friend, Vinny. Hey, what are we doing? What are you, a doogie or an owzer over here? Christian Bale from Newsies. I'm a fucking Newsie, short <laughs> and stout. Chip from Beauty and the Beast. Well, I don't know, Mommy. Your tits look good to me. <laughs> Mike, well, we can't. This is, this is too many guests. That's too many guests. What, uh, we, what no, was the last one? All of them out of here. Chip. Chip was the last one, I think. Okay, no, I thought you were going to say somebody else after that. Mr. No, T? No, no. Yeah, Mr. T. <laughs> Mr. But his... T. Mr. T left when he kicked everybody out. <laughs> He's like, oh, I guess I'll go. I won't pity any fools tonight. No, Ryan, let's keep it back to the basics. Just strip it bare. Tonight, uh, I think we should be writing... hour, hour. Sorry, we should be writing Mr. T's one-man show. I will pity no fools tonight. <laughs> It's, I honestly, I cried more times than I thought I would. Yeah, no, it was a touching when hour. His, his low point when he's just doing one eight hundred collect for no, no, it's ten ten two twenty commercials, just so he could get his next fix of gold chain. But then home. selling gold chains so he can do another ten ten two twenty commercial. Like what a, a cycle he was in. Addiction is more complicated than we'd like to think. Isn't it? It really folks? is. Ryan. Yeah. We've had some big shows lately. We covered The Batman. Mm-hmm. We covered Diabolical, presented by The Boys, mm-hmm. when it came out. Uh, tonight, 
we have a lot of shows we love to talk about. There's Resident Alien. There's X-Taz. There's Naomi. <laughs> there, there's not Naomi this week, but I understand what your point is. In theory. But, In Ryan, theory. Uh, young Mike, before you even knew him, one of his favorite comic books was called The Demilitarized Zone, a.k.a. DMZ. He loved the adventures of Maddie the Journalist. And in this far-fetched land of Manhattan being uh, uh, in a war zone after America's Second Civil War. And Ryan, we're going to talk about the show that finally, after a decade after that comic was made, after the author of that comic was uh, openly let out as a sex pest, that show got made, baby. Now we're going to talk about it. Sounds good. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let no more ado happen. Let's get to DMZ. Based on the Vertigo comic series that ran from 2005 to 2012, DMZ lifts a lot of the same fantastical, could-never-happen premise. America has had a second civil war, and Manhattan is a demilitarized zone, or a DMZ. And if you don't know what it means, one of the characters will definitely say, hey, people who live in the DMZ, here's what I mean by that. I mean a demilitarized zone. No one is supposed to go in or out of. In the pilot, directed and produced by Ava DuVernay of Naomi Fang, Rosario Dawson plays Alma, a medic who sneaks back into Manhattan after six years to find her missing son. Even though she doesn't know any of this new society's rules, she moves along just fine, and turns out she knows two of the warlords from her old life. Taster Ryan, I ask you this. What lifts this miniseries above generic post-apocalyptic melodrama? Um, what lifts it above? What lifts it above? What lifts it above? Uh, Rosario Dawson is always going to be a plus to your show. Yes. What is your next question? Look, I like before we get into this, I don't think this show was bad, bad. We've watched a lot of worse, but I it's was not I was expecting something and I it's did not HBO get that. It's HBO Max, Ryan. HBO Max, we we have to talk about this split between HBO and Max. Uh HBO shows are on HBO Max. Things like The Wire, The Sopranos. Have you heard of these shows? Many Saints of Newark. Max, but there's a lot of other shows that are being put on this streaming station. Max only. That would never be put on HBO. Titans. And I think that's where we get the Max. This DMZ, I was hoping for HBO, and we got Max. I could not believe how silly this was. Uh, I couldn't believe how kind of lame it was. And to to remake... In 2022, to remake The Warriors and have it be <laughs> sillier than The Warriors and not was fun. quite a shock to me. The Warriors was fun. When you go to each uh, Batman-esque villain gang, it's goofy and silly and let's, let's play with the camp. Uh, but this takes it very seriously. When Benjamin Bratt is just like, and this kind of gang is here now. And let me hear from this gang. Oh, it was straight up. I'm going to walk you. This is your first day at, at my high <laughs> yes. school. I'm going to walk you through the cafeteria. What I like is I think Benjamin Bratt is better. Who is 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 this the role that he's living up to his name the most? Is he just being a real big brat he's in being the show? A real big brat. Yeah, the warlord of the Spanish, the 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 Spanish kings, right? That's his gang. Spanish Harlem kings. Spanish Harlem kings. Uh, what I like about Bratt is I I do think he's somebody who elevates and he's he's a pretty quiet actor, even though this is a more scenery chewing role is when he's introducing the gangs and is like zooming on them when he goes back there's a smirk on him and i want to say he knows that this character would also be kind of laughing at how goofy all these gangs are 
I agree, Mike. From the two big bads that you had mentioned, Alma knows both of them from her previous life. Mm-hmm. Uh, from nine years ago? Six. Six years ago. Um, both of them seem to be... And we find out information, like different information. We only watched the yes. first episode, uh, and we find out information about them and then them and Alma throughout the hour. Um, but they seem to be riding on a, like surfing on a wave of hopefulness and confusion that this uh-huh. doesn't, this could all fall apart at any second. And that's sort of like where they get their cockiness and their, their laughing. Right. Is, is, uh, I think I'm dead already. So why not enjoy the ride? Right. I, I was utterly charmed by Wilson. So, so Alma, uh, was a medic in New York, uh, left. There's like a day of evacuation. She lost her son through And this is the, the one Rosario, not the one in her career, but the one Rosario, the, the biggest Rosario Dawson misstep in this show, unfortunately is the first season, which made me go, Oh, maybe I shouldn't be looking forward to the show. Her intensity talking to her son of eyes forward, yeah. where she looked like she was angry at him, not worried that they all might die. <clears throat> uh, was absurd. So she's a medic, has left, is now, has fought for six years to find her way back into Manhattan. Seemingly very easily is back in Manhattan. And the first warlord she hears about, somebody says uh, his his name, Wilson, and I forget his last name. And she goes like, wait, that Wilson? He was like the my little orderly pal when I worked at St. John's. I mean, basically what she says is that you were a sex pest, but you were so inoffensive and terrible at it that we yeah. all thought it was cute. You were such a cute little college dude. Because uh, he just kept like, you, oh, girl, you wear those scrubs. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> his smooth move. Look, he is a sex pest, but Rosario Dawson also probably wore those scrubs, Ryan. Mike, don't be a Wilson. I'm sorry. Uh, I will reveal the rest of my face now. He is so like, I, I like he lets his hair down, and he has not. It's metaphorical. And he's just like, I can't talk to anybody. They all think I'm this thing. And you know me from the past when I was like a dumb drug dealer. This is great. And he even says like he means it seriously. And like I, I have a lot of hope in this guy as like an eventual nuanced big bad. Uh, he his you know what you want to know how to inspire loyalty? Baptize them with a badass new name because she's like her name was Janine, but now she's like mailing the killer. <laughs> like, and I mean also Alma sums it up too. And this is again screenwriters something you don't want to do. She walks into his incredibly Asian. Uh, headquarters yeah. when we have just seen incredibly black gangs and incredibly Hispanic gangs and the kind of shit that you you wouldn't think you would see in 2022. And she's like, is this a little bit on the nose? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is, everybody. But what, what I, from him and, and the other gangs, not so much because none of them, they all seem pretty self-serious, is it does look like he was a stony college kid who raised himself on Bruce Lee in a like Quentin Tarantino movie. And like he was just like, oh no, I will use these iconography to make people think i am the thing i'm gonna pretend to be and you know what? if it doesn't work it doesn't work then i die and yeah. i give it my best shot but let's see if this works the, the the attitude of i should be dead so i'm gonna live my best life i think is very interesting what in is, theory in theory but is it in practice oh in the pilot no <laughs> brian i'm really <clears throat> sorry i'm getting choked up about it i'm really uh what i Struggling? want I'm really right. struggling. It's it's what I'd want out of the show, what I want out of Rosario Dawson. Is is it so Ava DuVernay did Naomi and now this and HBO Max did this. Is it everybody's like, well, this is just a TV show about a comic book. We can phone it in and not bring our normal talent? I don't know. And this made me think something that 
I'll say to you off air, which is, are we sure Ava DuVernay is like a surefire hit maker? What? So she did Wrinkle in Time, the movie. Right. Well, that's post-fame. That's post-fame. She got famous with Selma. Okay. And then her... She had she has an incredible documentary called like oh boy the thirteenth loved uh, Selma the bits of the thirteenth I've seen are amazing but yeah maybe fantastical narrative because I I was a wrinkled time kid I fucking loved it I went opening day I was so pumped and the whole time I was just like no stop it but the next scene please be good next scene please be good uh I don't know I don't know what's happening and now she I may- don't trust her. She may be doing that Lin Manuel Miranda thing of I got famous. I want to put a thumb in fucking so many pies and just not focusing because I don't think she's super. She's as reliable as coming out of Selma made us right. think that she would be. And that's the thing is that like this, the show seems very unfocused. It's four episodes, and to me, fuck you. Like we're in this whole world of like we don't know if you know TVs or movies, movies or TVs. Mm-hmm. Four hours means you don't know. You know less than any right. of the audience. Like, make a movie or a TV show, bro. And that's what this feels like is you... I, I think that because we're in this streaming era, you should make as many episodes as you have. But for some weird reason, uh, seeing that it was four episodes and then after watching the first, it was like you guys just sprinted towards this project without actually thinking about the amount of time it actually deserves. This was supposed to be made like eight years ago when the comic was still hot. Uh, on sci-fi. Do you think the like at, at this point we fucking love sci-fi comic shows? Right. We got we got Vagrant Queen. We got One on Earth. We got Resident Alien. Some of us got Dark Matter. Uh, do you think sci-fi and its weirdness and its like lovable, like rough charm? This would have been actually a better home. Yeah, I mean the 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 main reason that one of the reasons like you want top flight writers and directors when it comes to shows like this. But the third thing, the third rail would be the look and the the special effects. And this this show looks like shit. Oh like, my goodness! So it, let's just do it on sci-fi because there's you know there's wild animals walking shit. around these uh, human beings, and it there's no stakes. This is the most unbelievable looking, and I mean that in the bad way. Right? Unbelievable looking show. Like I don't feel like I'm in a real world at any moment. My my problem is not uh, grilled cheese boys cheetah, or or the wolf that the random guy at the market has trained. Uh, it is Rosario Dawson walking down a ruined, grown over New York City street. That is the fakest shit I have ever seen. I mean, did they sh- did they shoot that inside of the game Animal Crossing? See, I it looks like mist from the nineties. <laughs> it looks that level of bad. It was. And at least delete the like the big hand cursor that's across the screen, right. like pointing to where they should go. Can we talk about Obi though, or Odie? Odie Garfield's Girl nemesis. Boy. Oh, okay. Thank you. I love this magnificent little fancy gentleman yes. who um, Alma hears that there's this kid who comes in and asks for grilled cheese, and so later on in the episode, uh, she sees this kid and she's like. Grilled cheese? And he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then they go in, and she makes him a grilled cheese, and he sits down to make tea. This mm-hmm. child is steeping, steeping his tea and then says, just so you know, uh, 
it's rare to find a moment to celebrate. You need to you need to celebrate every moment you can. It's like who the fuck are you, little he's, boy? I do find him delightful. He he's precocious. He he is watchable. He he's more lived in than all the adult actors. And the the one time this movie tricked me, uh, this TV show tricked me is uh, his granddad who loves playing jazz up in Harlem is for some reason like, hey, I know you're seven, but you got to get the fuck out of here. And I was like, I listen, don't like this boy, granddad, you can't live with me anymore. You got to go find your own place. Uh, when the reveal is that his granddad has been dead for who knows how long and the kid's been talking to himself, that did get me. I, I was legit surprised by it. I don't know if that makes me a dumb, dumb, dummy. Uh, but that No, me I mean, going. you know, like, it's okay to get got in one cheaty way where the show cheated. Do you know what didn't get me, Ryan? Is uh, there's this boogeyman. There, we're, we're, we're introduced to so much world, but none of it is specific and none of it actually impacts. But we watch this guy making a giant kill list on the wall. And we hear oh his name God. is Scal. He, he paints, <clears throat> he takes paint and he writes people's names on the wall. And if your name is crossed out, you're dead. And if your name is not crossed out, you're next. Is this from the comic book? No. That's That's too stupid to be in a comic book. Do you know what's from the comic book, Ryan? And this is not my beef with the show. From the comic is New York is uh, a DMZ. Yeah. And Wilson, I do think, is a character in the comic, but I think he is 60 years older in the comic. I mean, the comic tried to focus on like journalism, and this is yes. like about hospital shit. Anyway, yeah. keep going with keep going uh, scale. The comic was about a boy, stories people want to hear about. Uh, I was like, oh, I bet her kid Christian becomes Skell. No, that'd be stupid. And then we find out in the first episode that Mike was definitely, in those first 15 minutes, was definitely right. Why would you reveal it in the pilot? I mean, you only have four episodes. You got you to gotta start spray painting names off your wall at some point. Ryan, there are only four episodes. Will you continue watching this show? Honestly, man, like, I think that we're probably going to cover the finale in our, mm. like, we're going to spotlight the finale in a couple weeks. And I... This was this this grabbed me so little that I think even though I will enjoy the finale more if I watch episodes two and three, I probably just won't. And I feel so much worse for you because in a lot of ways this was the your why the last man of your generation, you know, of just like this comic that you love, this vertigo or whatever it was comic as a kid that just went through development hell. Like when mm. are they gonna actually do it? like don't stop trying. Stop breaking my heart, just stop trying to make it in a show. But both of these properties were just they efforted them for so long only to be given uh, a one season show that's canceled right. unceremoniously and then this and, and yeah the, the measliest of effort and also in 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 2022 to have a show about america's second civil war oh shit could you dig in and have some things to say and watching selma and the 13th i feel like ava duvernay could have some things to say and there's nothing here man there's I nothing think- about that Maybe ultimately it comes down to we want to do a big show about big things and a big premise and we want to focus on the war. And also we want to do a little show. Wouldn't it be cool to do a little show about like what it's like to just be a random person inside of this thing? And I can't decide. Let's do them both. And that's always the worst decision. Make it make a goddamn decision. Make, make an awesome Rosario Dawson-led character-driven show and this stuff's in the background. And you will, it, it will be so impactful and hit hard. Do you, in this day and age... You could have totally done a theatrical DMZ movie with a 10-episode HBO Max. Here's what it's like to be on the inside of the DMZ. Oh, do the, the spinoff or like the, the yeah. TV show spinoff? Yes. Colin Farrell stars in it as Penguin, the warlord. Okay. Well, 
the rules about any show we pitch is that Colin Farrell stars in it. So in unrecognizable makeup. Yeah. Do you know the Colin Farrell I miss is I want him in a snakeskin leather jacket that rattles every time he moves. And just a bullseye carved right into his head. I love that you are the one person still out there saying Ben Affleck's Daredevil is actually good in a lot of ways. Do you know what that sound is? The F train. That's not even a (laughs) one-liner. I would rather watch fucking Daredevil than the rest of the show, but I'm going to. Uh, Are you really? You're going to watch two, three, and four? Yes. Come on. What else do you have to do with your life? (laughs) I don't have a better argument than come on, Ryan. Ryan, I do hear that you have a website you'd rather talk about than DMZ for longer. I do. Um, so many people have been asking me, how do I get a... It's not like a tattoo and it's not even like a brand. It's like a, a scar mm. on my forehead. Artistic scarring. In the shape of like a target, like a bullseye. Mm. It's like, well, there's a, couple, there's a couple ways that you do that. One... Get cast as Bullseye and Daredevil, which they literally did that to Colin Farrell's forehead. That's why I wear so much makeup these days. To sign up for my website, Bullseye in your head, bullsonparade.com. And if you go there, if you sign up, then we will get you your Bullseye scarring. Because again, it's not a tattoo, it's not branding. Like mm. it's, it's, in, it's, like, it's deep into your head. Um, we will get yours free if you sign two other people up. So it's not a pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. It's a pyramid uh, deal. Deal. It's like we're. Just, it's just like a big we're not pyramid scheming. deal. We're yeah. not making any money off of this. No, because I just keep having to give free scarrings. Now, are you the scar yourself? I am one of the scars. We have uh, six fully trained professionals on site. That now we are a website, so you will have to. Send your forehead in, sure. But we we will get it because that like when you uh, cut your forehead off and you mail it in, that's going to rot. Like that's going to get infected. Yeah, so we have an incredible turnaround time. Uh, we will just put that scar in, get that forehead back to you, and then you will have your home hospital sew it back on. I love that. And everybody these days in age has their own home hospital. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, go to the hospital closest to your home. I'm not saying, and but right. what you should have at and your house urgent care. Is uh, peroxide. You're going to want to be pouring peroxide into that hole in your head. All of the time. Basically 24-7. Just just give yourself a peroxide facial. And we will send you free peroxide if you sign up to other people to get free peroxide from us. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good deal. You it's would a great be losing deal. money not to do it. You're a fool not to do it. Now, Ryan, uh, great idea. You're a great pitch man. How do you feel your website is coming along visually? Honestly, man, it's been really hard. Um, right now I have, uh, a bunch of post-it notes that I have put on my computer screen, mm. but they don't seem to like be making that transition into no matter how hard you push. No, I mean like, I've like, these are sticky post-it notes. I have been right. shoving sure. them in. These, are, these aren't cheap knockoffs. These are real legit post hyphen it notes. I have a piece of shit computer. Like it's an old computer. It's super slow and it just is not reading the post-it notes like I would like it to. Now, would you rather learn how to manage nope. your own website? Absolutely not. All right. I'm not going to learn shit, dude. I came up with the whole thing of scarring bullseyes into people's sure. forehead. I'm done. I'm done thinking for my life. Now, no matter what your answer was, Ryan, I had the same answer. doesn't matter. You should go over to my pal, cybersprout.net. So if you did want to learn to manage and tweak your website, they got those tools. They have that training. If you don't, they have design experts. They're well-versed in digital strategy. They have the most elegant of design, and they combine the two masterfully. 
Do they condone scarring people's uh, cut-off foreheads? Oh, they don't give a shit, man. They are they are like mob doctors. You pay them enough, they don't give a shit where that money comes from or where it goes. And they mob love mob doctors like Thomas Wayne. Yes, they love hearing. Oh, you're a modern Thomas Wayne. See, in my day, he was just a beautiful surgeon who, for some reason, was a billionaire uh, and took care of Gotham, even though it was a piece of shit town. Uh, they handle all the security, all the backups, all the maintenance, so you can just be the creative mastermind you are. They handle the hosting. They handle the speed optimization. They'll even migrate your website from your post-it notes to the internet for free. Just go to cybersprout.net to get started. They are your partner for bullseye on your forehead, bullseonparade.com in a digital world. When we come back, it's time for every other show we watch this week. And now... It is time for the pool list. Who is this gentleman who just came in to introduce This is, you've always heard Mike Gravano. This is Michael J. Gravano. This is me in my form list of states. I have a bowed tie and a cumbered bun on, Ryan. And you were offering me a tray of every kind of drink. You have four different kinds of Mountain Dew on this tray. When it is all in one cup, you are a poor trash person. When it's all in one tray, you are in the upper echelons of the elite. Here's a deconstructed suicide for the gentleman. <laughs> this is just cans of soda. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, this Don't is very Don't be Goshen pointed out. This is very classy. Thank you. I will take uh, orange, you glad, I'm crazy, orange Mountain Dew. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yes. The 2013 vintage was a great year. It tastes like orange. Non- yep. Yes, it does. But as the kick. Of one mountain to do. Ryan, uh, on the break, a producer told me, hey, Mike, it's been obvious you haven't hosted a show in years, and I took that to heart. So now I'm being a consummate professional. And like the amount of arm movement you're doing, like a plane just landed behind you. That's how much arm movement you're doing. Well, it's You know how they say, dress for the job you want? I want to be a flight controller, so uh-huh. I'm trying to do that at the same time. And also it's how they say you should smile on the phone and people can tell. I'm trying to do my arms big so people can tell there's energy now. When Mike says how he dressed, I just want everybody to know that he is naked and in lipstick on his chest it says flight controller. That's mm-hmm. how he dressed. I'm a pro. Ryan, the pull list traditionally, and tonight we shall not break tradition, is where we talk about every other show that came out this week, starting with The Boys Presents Diabolical, presented by one Michael J. Gravano. In episode three of The Boys Presents Diabolical, written by comic creator Garth Ennis, Butcher confronts O.D., a drug dealer who deals directly to Vought Soups and blackmails him into giving him the seven a taste of their own medicine. Then in episode four, written by the fantastic Glazer siblings, sees a chud named Boyd use Vought-made face cream to pretty himself up before things go awry. Tasty Ryan, I ask you this. Which adventure do you want to see more of? Normal folks addicted to Vought products or Comics Universe Butcher & Co.? Oh, I mean, it's absolutely the Glazer story. And even though I feel like I don't need to, this is the weird thing about anthologies. And I think that we have two perfect examples of short storytelling here. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the first example, I think that we have somebody who t- like thought of a story, took all of the quote-unquote boring parts out character development world building tension and just gave us the quote-unquote good parts that's in it you're talking about ennis's ennis's and so that's what we have well it's not took all that out it's he said y'all have read the boys yeah and i mean read it felt very specific like this is not your fucking amazon prime the boys this is my the boys so much so that uh carl urban didn't even come back oh really 
And it Wee w- Huey was the thickest Scottish accent I've ever heard. From, what's his name? From Shaun of the Dead. It was? It was. Shaun of the Dead himself? But Homelander was still Anthony Starr. I can remember Anthony Starr's well, name, but cannot remember Simon Pegg's name. Cannot replace Anthony Starr, man. That guy's a... Oh, I love him. But this was... It started off with a pretty good montage of how people with powers would get fucked up. Sure. Including somebody with the power of elephant trunk snorting a Scarface mountain of cocaine <laughs> in seconds. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I'm going to use electricity to twist your nipples even more. It was just sure. a super-powered rave. Uh, just the kind of thing that Garth Ennis is into. But it was... Yes, and has always been into. It moved from, like, montage to montage to montage to montage to list of jokes to list of jokes to list of jokes. The the one part I liked was that there was a superhero named Iron Gut. <laughs> big, he was just a big... He was a oh. sumo wrestler with a big iron gut. That, that was... That was in totality, the part that you liked was that and, there was and, somebody named that. And no, and then we, we got some sweet gore from him. Um, I'm going to say neither. I think these are the we, – we've watched four, and these are so far below the first two we watched. Really? I, I love the Glazer siblings. Uh, and the whole time, I kept being like, are you going to show me anything new and interesting? I think that number four is my number one. Well, because they talked about how phones are obviously bad. Okay, I love this. Where you want to? Where argue, I'm you for the first time? You have to be with you on a show. Where you want to? We want. We should converse about something. Maybe argue about something. But instead of asking me a question, you just become me as well, and then start just pretending you know what I actually liked. Yes, it was because this is the first time that social media has been taken to task. Mike. No, nobody's taken it to task before. Nobody's taken uh, big pharma to task before. I thought that this was stylistically. One of the more interesting because it was not, it didn't seem like, uh, I would say that my favorite before this, my number two is the Looney Tunes one, but that is a sure. homage. homage. And this is, it felt totally original in style. Yes. Um, and it felt fully lived in. It felt like we knew these characters or at least these archetypes that they were trying to do more than I would imagine in 15 minutes. These were the most too complicated people. And therefore, it was easier to grasp onto their story. I understand that the this episode's message of so. Let, why don't we explain what the episode was? Uh, a a dog walker who thinks he's not handsome, even though I think in movies he would probably be played by uh, Dennis Quaid's son. Yes, and so he is actually handsome. Uh, he lives next to a very cute girl with freckles. Uh, he hates how he looks and that he's skinny. She hates her freckles. He tries vault made face cream. It turns him into a Superman. Uh, she falls for him, tries it. She turns into a cat person. Uh, and then they fuck all over the place. They get Instagram famous. They they get addicted to drugs. They get addicted to fame. They are not happy. They're just staring at their phones all the time. And then uh, they fight over that last bit of cream that the vault scientists cut it out. And the worst part of the episode, it turns out it was all a dream from the first time he tested the cream on his face. Okay, so that part, I, I, I am going to agree with you, but... That also, man. At Ugh. the end of it, his head exploded. Oh, that's fun. Gore's fun. I like uh, cartoon gore. And that's when the Glazers were like, oh, fuck. We didn't know what the other boys' diabolical cartoons were going to be like, so we're going to write this in real quick where his head explodes, <laughs> and th- that way it fits into the rest. But in the meantime, it's not the craziest, or it's not the most original like allegory. It's not the most original message. But we have 12 minutes, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that so often with short stories, you bite off way too much or way too little of what you should be chewing. And this one felt to me like 
just the perfect amount of story for these. And this was all montage, too. Let's be fair. Yeah. If, I, if I'm going to call the third episode out, this was scene of dialogue, montage. Scene of dialogue, montage. Basically right. through the whole thing. But I thought that it was the most uh, original and surprising and focused one so far. It, I, I guess it was surprising based on what we've seen. Original, I just don't. I don't think I no, and maybe I, I I saw their names and put the bar too high up. But well, you haven't even said how you feel about the Glazers. I think that you hate them. Oh, I hate them. Yeah, Ryan, what was your moment of the week? Oh shit, my moment of the week from these two episodes. So one moment for each of the episodes. No, sure. one moment total. Total, I'd okay. say in total. Um, I would have to say uh, Queen. Maeve's? Maeve. Maeve. Queen Maeve's um, complete understanding of how this works. The one thing that I will say about Garth Ennis is that um, he was ACAB and a ASAB. All societies are bastards? Superheroes. Uh, uh, way before. And like, yes. The one thing, way before all we were, uh, or at least me and Mike were, and... Um, he he does get to the heart of the fact that like the only reason to be a superhero is because you know other superheroes will protect you. Much like the only reason to be a cop is not to right. protect the common person, but to know that you will be line. protected by other cops. And Queen Maeve is at the point where she's tired of it. She knows her job. And uh, after the the Great White, the Great White Way uh, gets so fucking cracked out on enemas, on heroin enemas... That he uh, kills Ironclad, Queen Maeve looks in the sky and rolls her eyes and says, "Like, oh, it's the spaceship up there that did it." And that was my moment of the week. That was a good moment. Uh, mine is what was surprising about the the episode four is uh, they are they go on their first date. Boyd is souped up; uh, she is not yet, and they start stripping in a public apartment hallway. Yeah, and they fuck, and then she tries and becomes a cat person to fuck again. I was, I'm not somebody who gets turned on by cartoons, and this is one of the hottest cartoon sex scenes I've seen. I was like, good job, guys. Good job. This is super sexy. Mike, are you concerned with Gen Z's really distinct attraction to animal people? Whatever. And I don't know if this is something that we're supposed to tiptoe around. Like, are we supposed to be careful with this conversation? Are we allowed to say anything's weird anymore? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Just don't fuck a real animal and then go nuts, I guess. <sighs> Man, people love cat people and horse people and it's it's weird amazon prime is where the boys presents diabolical is next up is the walking dead on this week's episode of the walking dead aaron and maggie meet governor pamela milton as she tours alexandria meanwhile ezekiel finds himself lucky during a routine checkup mike i ask you this what's the luckiest news you've ever gotten from a doctor during a routine checkup uh it's not cancer you just chew so many packs of gum in one day that that's what's tearing up your insides that well, how about how about you that it, i'm really glad it wasn't cancer me too but i hate that i miss gum now really I'd people who cancer. chew gum gum used to be very popular and then at some point i'm gonna say 2009 we were like no more you're a fucking idiot if you chew gum for me um my doctor said it's not cancer you're just ugly Oh, I wish it was cancer for you, too. I get no respect. I get no respect. <laughs> Walking Dead is on Sundays on AMC. Next up is Snowed Piercer. 
On this week's episode of Snowpiercer, as the train detours from New Eden, an environmental catastrophe threatens everyone on board. Mike, I ask you this. What's the luckiest news you've ever gotten from an environmental catastrophe? Uh, hey, you will be dead in 24 hours because of this. That's not bad, right? That's great. Have I'd you ever been in, like, me. have you ever been scared of weather or the world? Is fire weather? Fire is weather. Is the ocean weather? Ocean is weather, yes. Uh, I almost drowned in an ocean of fire once. Is that true? Part of that is true. Do you remember that time where me and you were on a very small boat in off oh, the coast shit. of... Uh, this is a real story. <laughs> off the coast of Miami. And I, was, I was legit trying to take a shit in the ocean <laughs> because we were so far from any toilet and I really had to poop. But then... A storm just came brewing in. A storm get as the fuck out. A storm as if storm. A Royal Monroe came yes. down and said, "Fuck you!" And like it by turned, the um, power of the majestic wind, it turned immediately black. Immediately lightning, rain, wind, waves, and we were on a boat that made the the minnow from Gilligan's Island look like a fucking yacht. And I was a little bit scared. There's a perfect storm wave in every direction. <laughs> Which made us perfectly evenly balanced. And somehow I did not have to poop for quite some time after I, that. It went back into your body and came out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, Snowpiercers on Mondays on TNT. Next up is The Flash. When a criminal invades the CCPD, Barry and Kramer must trust and rely on each other if they're going to make it out safely. Meanwhile, Caitlin learns a valuable lesson while out with Snow and Mark. Tasty Ryan asks you this. Is Cosmo Kramer finally the wacky comic sidekick we've been looking for? I hope so. So we both obviously watched this episode of The Flash and loved it. Uh, And Michael Richards as Cosmo Kramer showing up was weird. Yes. But I'm glad he has the speed force because far be it for anybody on this show to not have the goddamn speed force. He opened the CCPD door and he went, oh, Barry. And I went, I'm in. I love all of this. Man, the if you have speed force, be careful when you open doors. Because every yes. time that door would launch the fuck off fast. the hinges. Uh, the Flash is on Wednesdays on the CW. Next up is Resident Alien. Tonight, we present Agatha Christie's Resident Alien. In which the characters <laughs> of the show come for a dinner and try to stay alive. Everyone gets their little plots, and if we can go over all or none, mainly their plots enter into stage two now that, they're, now that the first half of the season is over. But this is all while they're trying to stay alive and out of the way of a baby alien that has just hatched. Mike, what did you think of Resident Alien's first bottle episode? Uh, they ha- they've probably known earlier than we did that they have a stellar cast. Yeah, w- uh, when were you just talking about sci-fi shows and about their ensembles? Yeah. Uh, was that on Patreon? Not- no, that was that was talking about how DMZ should have been on sci-fi. Yeah. My goodness. The sign of a an amazing TV show, and I think Resident Alien is one of the best shows we've covered in our long tenure, Ryan. Uh, my wife, who has never seen a second, uh, sat down and went, what is this dumb shit? And then was chortling the whole time and went, oh, baby alien, at the end. Well, thanks to Mandalorian, baby aliens are all the rage. That is true, especially when they're carnivores. I, I, I mean, like, I'm so glad to hear it because, first of all, your wife is a uh, notorious, not turf, but uh, <laughs> a hater. She's like a hater of things. She did, all a, of oh, your dumb. Oh, shit. Mike likes it. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> she, she's a real one of those. And so to hear that, that's awesome because I do think that a lot of Resident Aliens jokes are not like 
you have to be built in and you have to be there right. from episode one. But like you could just sit down. Uh, my, I'll, I'll reveal my moment of the week just because it's timely right now. Uh, Sheriff Mike says cuts in line in the bathroom and says get the fuck away from this door. And then uh, what's her name? Alice Wetterland doesn't uh-huh. move, and he's Sexy. like, "I can still f- see your feet. Get the fuck <laughs> away from the door." And that's how I poop. And that would have made me laugh no matter how many episodes of Resident Evil <laughs> I've seen. Yes, it's uh, so many people like they all know who their character is, and I think how you know they're comfortable with an ensemble is Harry basically just went in to make jokes at everybody else. This was not a Harry plot forward, which every other episode kind of has been. This is Harry in the background just being like, "Here's why humans are stupid." Uh, every scene. And learning about birthdays. And, and learning about birthdays. Learning the first that- surprise party. I, like, we hate the mayor anyway, but this episode really made me hate the mayor. Yeah, dude. He's fucking terrible. First of all, he was like, we need to have a town doctor. It's Harry's birthday. We'll throw him a surprise birthday party, and then that will make him be the doctor. That is illogical. You're bena- well, this is a man who thinks live, laugh, love is the high of art. <laughs> uh. But yeah, Harry the whole time is just in the background trying to hit baby aliens with crowbars, number one. But also enjoy how awesome human birthdays are, which is yes. people bring you food, mostly dessert. And if you, somebody gives you a gift, you could just say, I don't like this, and <laughs> throw it on the ground. What he The mayor makes him a candle, and he what is he? He's like, this smells terrible. Just the way Alan Tudyk delivers lines, where this smells terrible is not on its face a funny line, but his slack face, no expression, anger is amazing. It's not just that. It's just, but like I have the the slack jawed, no face anger down. Uh huh. But I just stand oh, I there. He has the ability to just like get up and walk away and go yes. on to something. That's what I need to learn. Just you should try that. Move. Then. Just, just walk get away. out of the situation. Well, yeah. So all the all these little fucking August Osage County plots that are going on is uh, it's a real wife. Rachel's getting married. <laughs> we also like high art, listeners. That's what we're trying to show. Uh, the the mayor's wife and Darcy are friends, but also the mayor's wife is starting to find out that Darcy and the mayor hooked up and lied about things, and and are they not really friends? Uh, the deputy is pushing aliens more and is also like other people are weirder than us to her boyfriend. Her husband. And I think it's her important husband. to note that like Liv has – and I, I asked this last week, but is her name Liv Laughmore? I think it's Liv Laughmore. And Liv Laughmore is, has always complained about like how her husband has his thumb on her. And uh-huh. so I think that them getting along and joking around this episode was like kind of a big deal. Nice. Good for them. Those greasy kids Good for them. just might make it. You say those greasy kids? <laughs> those greasy fucking kids. Speaking of, those greasy kids finally do show up. Uh, <laughs> there's two kids roaming around the outside of the house while a baby alien is fucking eating raccoons <laughs> like cartoons eat fish, where you just pull the bones out of your mouth. And the, the kids are so calm. They're like, the men in black are going to come back. Also, did you guys know that <laughs> there's a baby alien eating raccoons like there's some sort of trash cat? And Asta, uh, Harry doesn't care, but Asta, trying to remember, all right, these people know about aliens, these people don't. And trying to like change her answers depending on oh. who is asking the questions, that's the, that's a hard part. I forgot. She told her dad. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, no. Wait, he yeah. Knows. Okay, okay, okay. Well, yeah, because he has one of the best parts where Sheriff Mike wants to go out and like, let's spread these ashes over the lake. And then Asta's dad just won't let him. Just slams the door right. in his face. And it's because he knows there's a fucking baby alien out there. There's but a has to fucking make a baby alien. Well, the wind is 
weird. I don't know. This is what the spirits tell me. Uh, one of the like oh moments in a way that I, I think the the show wanted me to oh is so like I can't tell where the show wants us to feel about the mayor and his wife, but I do know when she says to Darcy, "I'm stuck here pushing out babies like a stray dog." Big yikes! Also, you've had two in like twelve years. Chill out a little. I mean, I should I be? Le- I hate him. Should I l- be more on her side than I am? She's pregnant with her second. Yes. So she's pushed out one. Right. But and she's acting like all she is is like a barefoot housewife on a dirt floor, like hating things. Like, and I, I get that he, his love is uh, crushing and overpowering, and he's keeping her stuck in a small town. But it, it's she hates her kid. She hates everything. Yeah. It, it was just a weird thing to say. I did think about Max. Like, hey, what if Max was in the room? Your son hearing you say this shit would that be weird for him that he, that he ruined your life? Um, I do think that the beginning of the show was mostly angled towards her supporting her like yes she is somebody for us to like feel bad for now i don't know i mean the mayor kissed darcy but also she's not being super responsible in communicating is is this a this goofy show where alan tudyk is an alien learning how to be human is it also like all these characters are pretty complex like the show is on sci-fi there's no fucking way (laughs) there's no fucking way there's no fucking way Ryan, what's your moment of the week? Because I have three. My moment of the week is, I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Sheriff Mike cuts the line in the bathroom and then says, you're going to want to leave this door. And It's a lot like real Mike that I know. Dude, this is, this is so much like every Mike I've ever met. Uh, when he says it, when he says you're going to want to get away from the door, it seems like it's for your benefit. Right. And then when he shuts the door and sits down and you can hear him pulling down his pants and he's about to shit. Oh, we didn't. Mike, I'm sorry. What? We have so much more to talk about. <laughs> I'm just remembering. <laughs> For the shushies at the end of the year, when we do sound effects, <laughs> uh-huh. it's not even the pooping part. It's we have to st- sit here and listen to six or seven characters eat deviled eggs. <laughs> the devil's eggs. and the devil's egg. We hear every... <clears throat> Are you the a deviled eggs of- person? I fucking love them. I love them I, too. I, Is that weird? Okay, That's so good, disgusting. Okay. They're so just dis- like if you They're pitch so this person to a f- uh, pitch this food to a person, they'd be like, "That's fucking weird, dude." It smells like the devil's own farts, and it tastes divine. I love deviled eggs. They're uh, they're disgusting to listen to, and apparently th- this particular brand of deviled eggs makes everyone shit like crazy at a party in a bottle yeah. episode. With I'm but gonna assume you're... one bathroom. Yes, uh, but I also. I love that they keep talking about how it smells like sulfur, and you keep going back and forth whether it's the the newly hatched baby alien, the deviled eggs themselves, or everybody's shit <laughs> from the deviled eggs. Why could it smell like sulfur? All right, and now that was your moment of the week. Then the the sheriffs get the fuck away from the door. Yeah, he he, he cuts in line and says you should move away from the door because it sounds like he's protecting the people. But then when he shuts the door, <laughs> he screams, "Get the fuck away from the door!" Because he's it's, really. I can still see your feet. Get the fuck away from the door. Because he's really protecting what his butt's about to do. Is that the most you've ever felt seen on screen? That's because me. You yeah. will make people leave a hotel. I really like. I will clear. I, I will call every person in a hotel and say, "Can you please leave the hotel? I have <laughs> to pull shit the in my fire room alarm so I can shit." In my room. All right, my three are all one-liners because I think the show is great at them. Is the mayor to his wife saying, "You're probably well aware at this point that you're married to a dipshit," <laughs> and that's how he starts off his big apology. I think that's the most 
that's the best mayor line or the most accurate, yes. self-aware mayor line we've ever had. It made me like it more because I was like, oh, you know what you do. Yeah. Okay, great. You're a fucking dipshit. You're the deviled eggs of mayor. Uh, is uh, the line, because you're having a public fight and we have ears, <laughs> when, when the, the mayor's wife says, why are you all listening? Uh, and then Darcy, uh, when it's come out that they've smoked weed together, they've hooked up again, uh, and she's just like, oh, no, I didn't hide it in your son's room. I hid it when I was banging your husband. Thought it was time for a hard joke? No. <laughs> and that is the most I've ever felt. So you're like, no, this is uncomfortable. I'll make it so vulgar. Oh, I have an idea. We'll have to love it. <laughs> uh, Resident Alien is on Wednesdays on Sci-Fi. That is it for the pull list. We're going to take a quick break. And when you come back, take a little trip down to X-Tasmania. Welcome to X-Tasmania, bitch. The show within a show covering the primetime Saturday morning soap opera of the early 90s, X-Men. The animated series. On this week's episode, Juggernaut returns. Juggernaut returns, and it turns out his life is at risk when somebody else uncovers the ruby of Sidorak. Sidorak? You struggle more with the word ruby than Sidorak. And claims the powers of Juggernaut for himself. Charles decides they have to save the man who's been trying to kill him their entire lives. Ryan can talk now. Let's start with the. Do we finally get a real archaeologist? Like, fuck this Harrison Ford Indiana Jones shit. What we start with is a fucking nerd. He is a doofer named Dewey, but he's alone. There's no such thing as a lone ranger archaeologist. All right, everybody take a different tomb. I'm going to take this tomb. (laughs) And this whiny little shit is like, the legends are true. Well, they laughed at me, but you're real and you're mine. This is a classic nerd, what we called in the early 90s a cartoon nerd, and what we call now QAnon. I was going to say Jeff Bezos. But yeah, um, he finds this gem, and uh, I'm not sure exactly if I knew what was happening. Like, I'm not sure if I knew when he said, oh, the legend of Sidorak. Oh, I knew. You knew. Okay, oh, I knew. Because uh, the Juggernaut is not a mutant, as he'll tell you many times. Uh, he just has the, the, the Bands of Sidorak. No, the Bands of Sidorak is a spell Dr. Strange can do. The Ruby of Sidorak oh is God. what gives you, the Juggernaut. Can you feel your what? virginity coming back into your body? Yeah. Just, just the most painful boners you've ever had coming back. When I figured it out was when I saw our man, our boy, our non-mutie, Kane Marco. Stomping through the sea. Walking. A seal pops up and says, who is this? And then a shark pops up, (laughs) and he punches punches that shark right in the fucking face. The face. Uh, And then then we we see a montage of him walking towards the X-Mansion. The next is he rips the... He's a brute. Juggernaut is a a a brute. brute. He rips the roof off of a cab and sits in it and looks like a grown man in a pow-pow power wheel. (laughs) And the cab driver is not scared. He just says... Come back here with my cab, you stinky mutie. And Juggernaut just says, I'm not a mutant, and drives away. Have we talked about Juggernaut in the comics currently? No. So do you know what's happening with the X-Men in comics currently? They're they're resurrecting every dead mutant ever. They're all Yeah, everybody always thinks about killers. that. There's a lot more going on than resurrecting dead mutants. Okay, Mike. I'm sorry. What else is going on? They moved to Krakoa. They had another Hellfire Gala. <laughs> they did have another How Hellfire Gala. How many do they need? The last one was four months ago. They move to Krakoa, and there's these uh, doors, basically, that they put all over the planet right. that can get you right from wherever you are to Krakoa if you are a mutant. Video game rules. 
And that sucks for only one person, which is Juggernaut, because he's like the only X character who isn't a mutant. Mm. And so he has his own comic where he's sitting there thinking like, all of my friends, <laughs> all of my enemies, literally everyone has gone to this fucking fantasy land and they're partying and orgying and resurrecting each other. And I can't go because that thing that I claimed my entire life, I'm not a mutie. That's coming to bite I'm me in the ass right now. And I think that's Can't why Juggernaut... Can't send him a car? <laughs> no, no, no. If you're going to Krakoa, you got to be a mutie. And I think that's why Juggernaut stands out is because in that uh, you know, section of the Marvel Universe, you had to be one thing. Uh-huh. And Juggernaut was like really the only human X character. That's wild. I was going to say it's him and Taggart, but she's now a mutant. She's a mutant, yeah. And every, any writer can go back and like make anybody a mutant, but all the writers are also teaming up against Juggernaut and Fuck saying, you, Juggernaut. we will not make you a mutant, because you said not a mutie. When is J2 coming back? I got to say, young Juggernaut, young Kane Marco, which we'll <laughs> get to later, said the term not a mutie over 3,000 times in, <laughs> in his 15th year. So not a mutie, him. not a mutie. Uh, Juggernaut shows up, and Xavier's like, X-Men, I need you right now. And then we get like a montage of some of the X-Men showing up, and we get a morph sighting. He's in a wheelchair on Morrim Attackett's Island, where Cyclops and Wolverine were just hanging out with him, I guess. Just waving goodbye to the Blackbird. Uh, Jubilee's in a pool. Gambit is fixing a bus. Hulk is flying in the danger room. So, so few of the mutants hear and respond to Xavier's calls. And Professor X notices, and he's like, what the fuck is yeah, this shit? He gets so mad. He's like, where are my X-Men? Jubilee is at her parents' house. She's 15, by the yeah. way. Yeah. At her parents' He's house. furious. Not, not like at a rave. Not like doing mescaline. She's at her parents' house diving in the pool. And her ex-belt is a couple feet away from the pool. She doesn't hear it. And he's like, this is fucking bullshit. All I had I is to find Storm and Rogue. What the fuck? This is, I do feel like this is the first time... Uh, and I guess there's been little bubbles of hints, but this is one of the first times we get comic Charles, who's a real piece of shit, is <laughs> present in the cartoon. He's a dickhead throughout this whole episode. Oh, man. This whole thing is, you're right, but you're a dick about it. This entire episode is, Professor X, you are morally correct. I don't and- think... It, if, if somebody is dying, I guess, yes, you should bring them to the hospital. You should do what you can. It doesn't mean you have to give them their super magical powers and make them kill hundreds of more people. Because okay. they might die. So you think Batman should have killed the Joker yes. the first time instead oh, of sure. putting him in jail so he could escape so he can go kill millions of more people? Uh, maybe so if you, Arkham's fucking dirty liberal. wasn't so terrible. I am a dirty liberal. A spineless liberal is what we like to be called, Ryan. <laughs> uh, Jug is dying because he gets his power stolen. Uh, Storm shows up. She has the most outfits and style of any of the X. And he is screaming at her, the most reliable and the most powerful, the most dedicated, that none of the X-Men are there. And she's like, you dumb motherfucker. Why am I here for you all of the time? Uh, and Rogue says, yeah, Charles... It's, it's weird to be them. jealous of Jubilee at her parents' house. Yes. Just, you could see Storm thinking, man, I wish I was on a diving board at Jubilee's <laughs> parents' house instead of right here with you, you fucking big-eyebrowed bitch. <laughs> uh, Rogue very wisely is like, Charles, just leave him. And he, this is, he says, this is not your decision to make. I'm not asking. I'm telling you now, save him. And it's like, whoa, Buster cool. Brown. Is this, is this where we cross the line from uh, teacher of a school to uh, general of an army? Yes. Like, this, this line is, you want to be careful when you cross this line. 
I thought you were our illustrious benefactor. I did not realize <laughs> we were not allowed to have human opinions and share them. To his credit, or to her lack of credit, Rogue shuts up and turns yeah, around okay. and goes to move pieces of wall. She she moves a piece of the wall, even though she was right. Meanwhile, uh, Cyclops and Wolverine are wherever. I don't know where New Jugs is hanging out, but they go to wherever he is uh, while he's ruining his apartment and just hanging out the discotheque. New Juggernaut it has found a discotheque on the docks. A, dos- a doxotech. Doxotech. It's right by Stinky Fish and Stinky Fish Men. My favorite and dance clubs are. The closest building to the Stinky Docks is a rockin' rollicking disco rave. And across the street from that disco rave is a power. Mike, are you film ready set. to talk about this? <laughs> I I wish I could have been in hold on, I, I apologize for interrupting you, but I want to set the scene. I wish I could have been in your house when you watch this. Um they launch new jugs into a movie set, a TV <laughs> set, and uh, called Bonsai Studios. And Mike, could you please Huh, tell me what was going on. Uh, five teenagers, each dressed in their own primary color, and two guys dressed in like Godzilla outfits just run out, being like, "What just happened?" So we have—is this a Fox crossover? It is. It's our our first Fox property crossover. They they met the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Is this a Saban crossover? I don't know if X Men is connected to Saban. Yes, Saban. Have you not watched the end of every episode where they go? I'm normally clicking next. (laughs) Were you surprised if Power Rangers and X-Men are in the same room that the Pirates of Dark Water did not also enter? It's clear Pirates of Dark Water erasure, Ryan, and I'm fucking sick of it. And the fans, Ryan, are clamoring for a spinoff show where just you and I clamoring. Oh, our voicemail is full. The phone, it never stops ringing. Our email is overloaded. Are clamoring. Hey, fans, for us to do a spinoff show. I appreciate the clamoring, obviously. I mean, first of all, settle down. I mean, like, get a life. But if you're clamoring, are you ready for a, a me and Mike only Pirates of Darkwater show with banging in the background? Because we're going to lock Cassie out. She's not oh, going to yeah. be allowed into the podcast. Oh, banging so in she's the background. Going to I thought be... you said Bane. Like, Cassie would be in the background and be like, please oh. let me on a microphone. I was born in the dark water. <laughs> uh, but uh, she's like, she's going to be banging on that door trying to get in. That's going to be on every episode. I think they're into it. Yeah, okay. What's well, loud I mean, they're ASMR? Clamoring. Yeah. They're clamoring. They want to hear clamoring. Look, you get, you, uh, clamor's got to clamor. Clamor's got to clamor. Before, before the Saban crossover... Uh, Cyclops says to the new jugs, women like guys to be themselves. And then the easiest thing in the world, him and Wolverine just go, boom, and steal the ruby from the guy. It was not hard at all. The, the, like, look, there, we have seen so many action scenes where it takes a lot of you, me, you, mm-hmm. me, him, her, him, boom. That's how X-Men work. They walk in. He fucking eats shit immediately. <laughs> he drops the ruby. They take it. And then that's it. It feels like Wolverine's just like, good job, psych. Like, I don't know if he does anything in this show except for hang out with Scott. Also, I kind of like that this is just a thing now. Like, Wolverine's like, oh, I'm just going to hang out with Cyclops tonight. Yeah. And they just go out they're and they just like, patrol. Yeah, Jeans this, out like, of the picture? I don't, so they're buddies? Do you know why? It's because they watched a ton of 80s action movies. Mm. And they're like, you don't hang out with your friend. You hang out with your friend that's also sort of your enemy. And that way that you can barb the entire mission. You got to have fucking barbs. You got to have a barb. You got to have a star. You got to go to Vista Del Mar. But now 
that they have the ruby back to Juggernaut. And they're like, yeah, man, just forgive him and give him his ruby back. Xavier freaks out again and says, do not ask me to forgive my brother. Kane is sadistic deserve ha- sympathy from no one. How did all of this happen in 21 minutes? Man, he's TV a flip life? flopper. Who is he? Harry Reid? I can't think of any politician who's been a known flip flopper. I mean, the the biggest known flip flopper is, of course, Flop Flipper. Flop Flipper, the flip flopper? My favorite <laughs> hip hopper from the 80s. Uh, Juggernaut is like, nobody will do this to me again. Does not kill the X Men, just chucks that ruby right to the moon, Alice. Uh, should he play baseball? The yes. way that Juggernaut throws this ruby directly onto the moon. Like, he finds a hole in the roof and throws it around, so hard around the earth that it probably lands directly in his in hand. In the back again. of his head. And, all, like, new jugs taught him that he does not Same have to as the old jugs. be in a fucking chode armor. He could wear normal clothes and do live his life. Did you? No, he doesn't do that because... <laughs> I mean, yes, I guess that he could, but also part of wearing the ruby is having Juggernaut's exact armor. Mm-hmm. I thought that Kane Marco chose the right. the maroon getup. No, but when, it's the curse of Sidorak. When two jugs becomes Juggernaut, he's in the exact same getup where it looked like you're wearing a helmet that looks like your face <laughs> is completely flattened and six feet wide. And then you take it off and you're like, oh, I guess it was just smashing it like silly putty that way. No wonder my face hurts so bad. I don't wear the goddamn juggernaut oh, helmet. That's why I'm angry. It's just a years long <laughs> migraine. Anyway, put the helmet back face. up. <laughs> but then New Jugs takes it off right away and puts on a great Saturday Night Fever outfit. Yeah. I can't believe how much this matched the Glazer siblings yes. episode of uh, The Boys Present Diabolical because it was just these fucking nerdy people who thought that they had this image of what perfect was. And then when they got to be that, you're just a worse version of yourself. New Jugs uh, cuts the line at a club, already douchey, throws the girl's boyfriend out of the way, and then his legit feelings hurt that she doesn't want to be with him after he did that and then ripped the wall off of the discotheque. <laughs> Nerds Which, need to be punched in the throat. I love the one eternal thing, whether we're watching shit in 91, 92, or 2022, is nerds think that they just need some muscles to be good with girls and it makes it actually worse you just have to be yourself i think the glazer episode taught us you just have to be yourself and that's it was a pretty simple episode after all the crazy shit we've seen throughout season three i i have a couple more things real quick um some real he-man energy when jugs takes the power back Mm -hmm. like he starts reading the rights of Sidorak. He just has them memorized. The guy thinks he had to find the stone tablet. And you just have to say Kane the Marco's word. Kane like, I'm dumb and I still fucking know the five lines. First of all, Kane Marco could never memorize that many lines. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But when he does, it goes full on Castle of Grayskull. Yes. He holds it up. Um, somebody at some point says, I'm going to kill everybody. And then somebody says, even Sandra. And that is never mentioned again. We, we have no idea who Sandra is at any point. Who says this? Juggernaut says, oh. even Sandra? I guess, buddy. Does he mean uh, Cassandra from Wayne's but, World? But would that make more sense to you? <laughs> would it make more sense if he said even Tia Carrere? Even Cassandra, Tia Carrere? <laughs> Cassandra from Wayne's no, World? No, I said Cassandra meaning Lalandra. Those are different names. <laughs> and then uh, also one more thing. When Juggernaut runs out of the Power Ranger studio... Uh, he makes a hole in the wall like he's some sort of fucking Kool-Aid man. 
and then all of the Power Rangers run after him. <laughs> you guys are. What fucking, are you weird teenage actors gonna do? You guys are not actual superheroes. <laughs> I want to make that clear to all actors out there. You are wearing a costume. You're not real X Men. You are fake fucking Power Rangers. Do you hear Get that, James Marsden? Marsters? One of those Jameses. Ryan, it is time for awards. Let's start with the most 90s moment. Are you fucking serious with this one? No, we've been he, talking about it the whole goddamn time. He lands in a pile of it, Power Rangers, Mike. all the Power Rangers. All right, biggest gasp. Uh, my biggest gasp was uh, when Juggernaut said, even Sandra? And I went, not Sandra. I still don't know who Sandra is. Uh, mine was uh, Charles' quick turn of face of, do not ask me to forgive my brother. He's the most sadistic and deserves sympathy from no one. We didn't talk about uh, Kane and Charles as children. No. Where Kane just, Charles was just on a horse and Kane just ran over and pushed him off the horse. <laughs> said, Fuck which is horse. classic step sibling behavior, his, aside he, from getting stuck in a dryer. Kane's dad is constantly like, hey, I hate this guy's <laughs> wife, mom. I hate him so much, but you're ruining this for me and we need money, so I need you to go to school. And then he's at school being like, he loves Charles more than me. I'm like, oh, you are a moron. <laughs> Uh, do would you watch a movie called Donnie Marco, where yes. Kane Marco walks around with a giant juggernaut behind him, predicting Just the future? Things, of yeah. course I would. That makes R- sense. Ryan, best use of yeah. powers. Best use of power is juggernaut yeeting that Saturag gem all the way to the moon and back. Oh uh, no, mine is juggernaut saying "fuck you, shark" and punching it right in the throat. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them are only things that the Juggernaut would do. Why does he not get a spinoff cartoon from this? I would watch the <laughs> shit out of that. It's just him punching sea life. <laughs> Ryan, what is, who is your LVP of the week? My LVP is Young Professor X because he gets shoved off that horse and then the stepdad comes over and says, I'm sorry about my fucking bitch son, Kane. <laughs> He's a fucking moron. And then Young Professor X stands up and says, that was probably an accident. He yeah. loves me. Uh, he's my brother. <laughs> you jump. You You're a fucking bald. Also, uh, get bald fast, bro, because right now you have blonde hair. Yeah, you look moron. like a freak. You look like an idiot. Uh, mine is grown-up Charles for his just back and forth of save him. Don't ask me to save him. <laughs> like Just like, fuck you, man. Choose away. Just let one of the sociopaths die for once. Have we would talked about how? Su- would you, what? Would you be that surprised if this was a Glazer siblings ending where every episode of X-Men was just <laughs> Professor X in a chair with a bulbous head and it was all in his imagination? It was all a dream. Uh, have we talked about how Kane Marco is Mark or Kane? Kane, the first brother who slew Abel? Uh, yeah, I told you that earlier. Did you? That's a pretty good point. Pretty yeah, good I'm point, the one that made Brian. that to you. Thanks. I, I believe you. I don't know. I don't know Time who said man. Maybe Instagram. Who's your MVP? My MVP is Morph, because he's always my LVP, but in this episode, he said literally nothing. He, he waved for one second, and that's how I love him. Mine is Juggernaut. I legit want a spinoff now. I loved every minute of Juggernaut. I want I want so many different... Every episode, it's a freak of the week. A different person gets Juggernaut powers, and then he has to go track them down and get them back. <laughs> so, just, so like in this episode, he walks into... Uh, a just a Girl Scout fucking throwing cookies <laughs> yes. like crazy. He's like, I need that power back. That's mine. Why? I have to punch more sharks. <laughs> yeah. That, but like, 
The Girl Scout saying why? That's a really good question. Why, <laughs> why? would you need this? He, I don't know what he does when he's not trying to kill his brother. And Professor X said if he if he doesn't get this back, he's gonna die. But the whole thing is weird, man. There's fucking cracks in this foundation. <laughs> Probably because Juggernaut's so fucking big. What is your? And I'm gonna assume it's a three camera sitcom with a lap track. What is your Juggernaut sitcom called? Jugs like us. Yours? Uh, juggernaut again. I love it. Kevin Co- can go jug himself. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, that is all the time we have for X-Taz and the rest of the show. Can you please tell our filterinos about websites? Well, every website, Mike, is uh, created and done by Cybersprout.net. But you should go to com, where all of our podcasts and articles... And farticles. Oh, the farticles don't get enough play. News and reviews and, and slews. Yeah, those slews. It's all there at yourpotfilter.com. Yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon should become your new Amazon bookmark. Uh, if you order from there instead of typical basic-ass Amazon for based people who aren't chads, uh, it's going to help us out a lot. And then also patreon.com slash yourpotfilter. That's where the real heroes shine. If you're a jugger, yeah, and not a jugger, not, then you are going to go to patreon.com slash your pop filter, pick a tier, and fucking pick one above that. And that's where you pay for. And we're going to give you your money's worth oh plus God. a million. Become a pay pig. Just be a little pay pig. We love be a you pay so pig. Much, our pay pigs. Uh, if you want to reach out to us and touch faith at your pop filter on Twitter and on Instagram. Graham. Ryan, if they liked yeah. us but want more of us, where can they go? Well, our good friend Greg is hosting a show called Movie of the Year. Right now it's 1991, and it is, it's been going on for an eternity. It will last one eternity more, where he invites me and Mike on every episode to discuss the greatest it's movies of 1991. we'll be invited back. Yeah, that, that is true, because we're not good at it. But Greg's, Greg's very good, so... Go listen to him. Come, go for the Greg. Stay for the me, Mike. Uh, if, and then, if if you miss Caitlin and Cassie and wish that they hung out with somebody who sounds like they smoke twenty five packs of cigarette a day, Ugh. there's books. Uh, you should go over and check out the Unnatural Twenties. What's that show all about, Ryan? I like him. Uh, why don't I take this, uh, Ryan? I'll handle this. My name is Books, and I fucking I'm the host of Unnatural Twenties. And I host it. It's about uh, like rolling the dice, playing the lice, making the mice. You do sound like you have lice books. All of your life. Oh, no. I, I, a lot of people are like, get rid of my lice. I'm like, keep it there. Get it, keep it in my head forever. Now, books, I do have a, a question. So you leave the fate of your life up to the role of D20. It's called Unnatural 20s because you all started the show in your 20s, but you specifically sound much older than that. What are you going to do when you're all past 20? I'll be dead. I'll be dead. And Cassie and Caitlin, they're coming with me. I gave them each a knife. One of those scabbards. One of those curved knives that fits scimitars? in their gut. It's a scimitar. Like the pirates of dark water would use. <laughs> they're gonna I can, fuck it's it. in the ether, man. People want it. People want this show. Why? I'm sorry. Books. Hold on one sec. Why are what? people keep you talking about this movie? Me. Uh... So books you're gonna make 
your friends kill themselves with scimitars? I can't wait. If I'm not alive, they're not allowed to be alive. I'm going to die soon, so they're going to stab each other in the guts with the scimitars. Just like Pirates of the Dark Water. Makes sense to me. Why is Pirates of Dark Water on the edge of, like, on the it's tip on of everybody's tongue? It's on the tip of everybody's forked tongues. You say fuck tongue? Fuck tongues. <laughs> That is a books, please. Stop. Back up from the mic. That... No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Where are you from, by the way, books? <laughs> Atlanta, New Jersey. That makes sense. That is all the time. You mean Atlantic City? That is all the time. Don't answer. We have for this week. Next week on the Superhero Show Show for the first time in a year, Riverdale takes center stage. Plus, Jordan... Ooh, I should ask how to say Come this. Come on, man. You got this. Jordan Cracciola. And Margot Carlson talk about their new podcast on part one of a four-part interview. Yeah. All that and more in an all-new superhero show show. Nuffs. <laughs>